Uh, Exodus chapter 11 tonight. Just an introduction, really, uh, chapter 11 is to the, the, the final plague that is about to hit the land of Egypt. Uh, and then we will, uh, next Sunday morning in church, we'll look at chapter 12, kind of look at the Passover, what that's about, and then, uh, then the next Sunday we'll look at that uh, and act it out in the New Testament. Uh, but tonight we're, we're going to look at this 10th uh, plague. We're going to be introduced to what is about to happen uh, and really see just the severity and the devastation that is about to, to come on the land of Egypt. As, as, as if things had not been uh, bad enough up to this point, things were about to get uh, much worse. Uh, of course, before we start, we're going to pray, but I, I'm sure most of you have heard by this point about the shooting that took place in Texas today. Uh, small church, small town, probably a church about this size, about 50 people there, and uh, 27 were dead at last count, several more wounded, so uh, it was just somebody came in, was crazy, started shooting up people, and uh, that, that kind of puts into perspective. It, it, it reminds us, we already know, but just how bad things are in this world, and uh, we don't need to take it for granted. We we want to pray for those those families that lost loved ones for that community. That is going to be devastating. Uh, we want to pray for their encouragement. I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of sad feelings, a lot of anger right now, a lot of emotions uh, in every different direction. So we want to pray for those families. We want to pray for that community. Uh, we want to uh, pray for our own church that God would protect us. And uh, so as we as we open up tonight, we're just going to be in prayer for uh, all those those people in Texas. Father God, I come to you tonight with a heavy heart, and I pray that you just would be, be just a comfort for, for our brothers and sisters in Christ in Texas today. Uh, God, I pray for those who, whose life was taken. I pray for their families, God, that you just would bring them comfort on this unexpected, just horrible tragedy. God, I pray for the ones who were wounded. I pray that you be with those, that they would, that they would heal up. I pray for their families. I, I just pray that you just would take care of that community I, God I know that they're angry I know that there's probably a lot of questions dear Lord and even if even if they don't know all the answers or get all the answers that they want is to is to know why and, and, and why it happened to, to who it happened to dear Lord just just give them the comfort that they need the peace the strength that they need to get through God even if they don't get the answers they want God I just lift them up to you I pray that you just strengthen them I pray that you take care of them uh, in these days and weeks to come God, I pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ all around the world who are facing persecutions in different countries, in this country, wherever it may be, dear Lord. I pray that you would just keep them safe. God, I pray that you'd keep us safe. I pray that you would just help us not to take for granted the freedom we had, but have, but dear Lord, that we just trust you. And, and God, I pray that you just put a hedge of protection around this place, around these people, dear Lord. Uh, when we're in this building and when we're away from this building, God. But as your children, you, you call us to go out sometimes, and, and it's, it's not always easy. So, God, just be with us and keep us safe when you, when you send us out to do your work. God, I just pray for these verses tonight as we look at them. I pray that you help us just to, just to get something out of it, just to see uh, everything as it is unfolded uh, through these plagues, dear Lord. And I pray that the Holy Spirit just call to our attention what we need to hear tonight. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Exodus 11, we'll read the whole chapter. We'll probably just go through it a verse or two at a time and just kind of break it down. Verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will let you go from here. 
When he lets you go, he will drive you out of here. Now announce to the people that both men and women should ask their neighbors for silver and gold jewelry. The Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and the man Moses was highly regarded in the land of Egypt by Pharaoh's officials and the people. So here God is, is pointing out to Moses here what is about to take place. That this is about to be it. God has been patient. He has strived with Pharaoh throughout nine plagues. And Pharaoh has refused to acknowledge and humble himself before the Lord. And God says, okay, Moses, this will be the final plague. This will be it. Pharaoh had hardened his heart, hardened his heart, hardened his heart. And God says, after this takes place, Pharaoh is going to drive you from the land. And we saw last week that the people around Pharaoh were already saying, Pharaoh, why don't you let Moses and the Israelites go? But Pharaoh was still holding firm. At least when I read it, the impression that I get is that it, it sounds to me at least is that the majority of the people were ready, but Pharaoh, and maybe some more, the Bible doesn't tell us, but it, it appears to me as though that many of the people are ready to let the Israelites go, but Pharaoh, the one who makes the call, is not ready to let them go. And Moses goes on to say something, or God goes on to say something a little interesting here to Moses, and he says, look, the Israelites are to ask their neighbors for their silver and, and gold. Now, that's kind of an interesting thing for God to put in there, and, and there could be a couple of reasons for that. Perhaps, one, uh, the Israelites didn't have anything. Perhaps God was going to allow the Israelites to plunder the Egyptians to get what they need. That was part of God provisioning for the Israelites as they were about to head out and go into the wilderness. Uh, let us not forget the Israelites had been enslaved. Now, they obviously had their own place where they lived. We see that through the text that they lived in Goshen. Uh, but they probably didn't have a whole lot. Uh, and God is saying, look, the, uh, you're going to be able to get all the jewelry from the Egyptians. Now, perhaps it was just for provisional needs so that the Israelites could have what they needed. But also, I think it shows a shift of power uh, that, the, that, the Is that the Egyptians are now giving all of their stuff to the Israelites. Israelites as, as you would when someone goes into war and someone overtakes a place. They overtake all of their things. And here we see kind of a victory that the Israelites are about to have over the Egyptians. And so not only are they going to uh, not no longer be enslaved by them, but they're also going to receive uh, their wealthiest items. And so uh, I believe we, we see uh, Israel's status uh, being elevated here, at least in the eyes of, of the Egyptians and in the eyes of those that surround them. Uh, as they get ready to leave this place, they won't be leaving with nothing. It says in, in verse 3 at the end there, And the man Moses was highly regarded in the land of Egypt by Pharaoh's officials and the people. Again, uh, obviously Pharaoh didn't highly regard Moses too much. If he regarded Moses very much or regarded the Lord at all, he would have listened to what God had to say. But here he, he is not listening to Moses, who has come to him time and time again. He has refused to listen to God. But the people of Egypt had high regard for Moses. The people of Egypt had high regard for the Israelites because they had seen Yahweh, the God of the Israelites, and what he had done, and they were ready for the devastation to stop. Verse 4, So Moses said, This is what Yahweh says, About midnight I will go throughout Egypt, and every firstborn male in the land of Egypt will die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sits on the throne, to the firstborn of the servant girl, who is behind the millstones, as well as every firstborn of the livestock. Then there will be a great cry of anguish through all the land of Egypt, such as never 
was before or ever will be again. But against all the Israelites, whether man or beast, not even a dog will snarl, so that you may know that Yahweh makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. All these officials of yours will come down to me and bow before me, saying, Leave, you and all the people who follow you. After that I will leave. And he left Pharaoh's presence in fierce anger. The Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let the Israelites go out of his land. So God spells out what is about to take place here in this next section of verses here. He says that about midnight, there's coming a time at midnight when God is going to bring about the death of the firstborn uh, children and the firstborn animals for all of the land of Egypt. Now think about, think about the far-reaching uh, effects of this. Think about how horrible of an event this is about to be for the people of Egypt. Now, their land had already experienced devastation. Uh, some of the people had already been affected by the things that were taking place. And here God is about to send something that is going to rock their world. It is going to shake the people of Egypt to the core. It is going to be something that they have never experienced before and will never be experienced again. And think about a patient God who has been patient with the Egyptians throughout this whole process. Everything is, is coming into this, this time where God is finally going to shake them so much that He is going to break everything that they have. Imagine a land where all of the firstborn sons die in an instant. All of the firstborn livestock die in an instant. A whole generation of people wiped out in an instant. The, the animals that you need to survive, the ones who, 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 who uh, are, are you trying to raise up to provide food for your family, to provide milk for the table, to, to work the fields, all those young, new, healthy animals that are going to do the work are about to be gone. A whole generation or a whole group of, of men, some may be older, some may be younger, but all the firstborns are going to be dead in an instant. It's an event like this that can totally destroy a nation. Now, I believe we see that throughout history. We see uh, the effects of, of what happens to Egypt here in these verses. And if you go back and look through the history books, you see a decline in Egypt uh, at about the same time that I believe these events took place. You would think that it almost has to be that way with that much of a loss of life, that much of a loss of livestock. All of a sudden you have a, 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 a people that is powerful in that land, in that place, that, that, that has a pharaoh, that has slaves, and all of a sudden God comes in and delivers His people. And God says, here's what's about to happen. It's about to go down, and it's going to be serious. But God says, look, when that day happens, the Israelites... I will make a distinction between them. I will make a distinction between them. That's good news. That is good and reassuring news because even though that the Egyptians were about to face this horrific experience, God was going to deliver His chosen people. You know, I think we see an interesting thing here with, with Pharaoh and the Egyptians is we see that, that bad leadership can ruin a nation. Bad leadership can lead a nation into destruction. 
That's true when you're talking about a country. That's true when you're talking about a pastor. That's true in any area. A bad leader can bring complete destruction and devastation to a people. And that's what we see happen to Pharaoh here with the Egyptians. Because of his hard heart, because he refused to listen to God, he brought his people into great danger that was God's wrath. And as a result, a whole generation was lost. Are we as a nation doing any better? Are we as a nation uh, going to be a nation that has a whole generation that's lost, a whole generation that is, <clears throat> excuse me, is not exposed to God, is not exposed to God's Word, is not exposed to Jesus Christ, a nation that is rebellious, a nation that is uh, rejecting the Lord, uh, a nation that is uh, 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 disobedient to what God calls us to? As sad as it is to say, I believe that here in the United States we have lost a generation or two. We've lost a, a group of people that, that weren't exposed to God, that weren't taught about Jesus Christ, that weren't discipled in the way they should. And as a result, I think we see the consequences of that even in our world today, and not just in our nation, but in nations all around the world. And that's what happened to the Egyptians. The difference between a nation that rejects God and a nation that is obedient to God, we see it listed right here throughout the Egyptians and the Israelites. One is going to be destroyed and one is going to be delivered. God says, I'm going to make a distinction between those who are mine and those who reject me. And God says, look, those who reject me, they're going to face my wrath, but those who accept me, they are going to experience my deliverance. And which one are we going to be? Are we going to be like Pharaoh? Are we going to be the one who does not listen to God time after time after time? Or are we going to be like the Israelites, even though as stubborn as we may be, we say, nope, I'm turning to the Lord. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to trust the Lord to lead me out. And as we're going to see in the weeks to come, God is going to be faithful to His Word here. As we're going to see in the weeks to come that everything is going to play out just like God says. He's going to give them very specific instructions. And if those instructions are followed, then God is going to deliver His people. And God gives us very specific instructions. And I'll ruin the story for you. It's Jesus. God's instructions to these Israelites pointed to Jesus, and God's instructions to us point us to Jesus. And it's Jesus on the cross that is our instruction. That's what we go by. That is what delivers us when we seek Him. So let us not be like those who are like Pharaoh that experience God's wrath, but let us be like the Israelites who seek God, and God says, I'm making a distinction between you and them, and I will deliver you. Let's pray. God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for... Uh, these powerful words, dear Lord. There is so much power in these, these verses we're going to look at in the days and the weeks to come. And I pray that you help us just to have our hearts ready and our minds ready. Help us to get it, dear Lord God. Help us to see uh, the devastation that comes, dear Lord. And help us to be, uh, help that to, to motivate us to be about your work so that we'd be out reaching those who aren't reached, dear Lord. So if, if there are some that have slipped through the cracks, some generations that have been lost, dear Lord, that we can uh, go out and, and teach them and preach to them about Jesus Christ, God, that they would know that they would come to you, that they would be those who are seeking you, God, that they would be those who would find you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.